So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Well, SmackDown may have been taped, but we are live, live, baby, live here on the Sports Kita Wrestling Facebook page, <laughs> Wrestling Binge by Sports Kita. Live. YouTube channel. We are live tonight. And you could tell it was a tape SmackDown, but we will uh, dive into everything that we saw on the show tonight and any of the ramifications it has as we are now T minus less than 15 hours away from Crown Jewel. Do not forget 1 p.m. start time tomorrow. Don't be like me who forgot that the last Saudi Arabia pay-per-view was in Saudi Arabia. And I'm, I hop on Twitter and I'm like, why are people talking about the pal? Oh, Jesus. I forgot. It's I'm an hour late. So just remember, set your clocks and then set your clocks back an hour. Don't forget. We, we roll back an hour on Saturday night. Dutch, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. Getting ready to talk about this show, which is going to stress me out a little bit. I'm already yeah. stressed. Like I, I, said, I, you, you, I'm already stressed out anyway. Yeah, well, you're, 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 this is this is a very therapeutic time for you, though. This is every Friday you get an hour or so to come out here and bitch, yeah. moan, and complain and scream, and and then you feel so much better after we get off the air, don't you? I do. <laughs> well, may, I maybe I do. Maybe I do. You just don't but, realize. Well, let me ask you: How are you tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, my back is finally starting to feel better. Uh, okay. threw it out I didn't know it felt bad. Well, I oh, threw it out this bad. week because I was chasing around a two-year-old dinosaur on Halloween night. Uh, yeah. and, and he would not stop running for two straight hours until it was time to walk a mile back to the car. And then daddy needed to carry him in his four pound bag. Oh of candy. yeah, of course. So, of course. So then I woke up, uh, what was Tuesday morning and I could not fucking move. <laughs> So it's been wow. a, it's been a rough couple of days, but I'm I'm here. I'm 35 with the back of a 55 year old. SP3 is back this week. What's going on? The best man sitting in the chair, ready to rock and roll. The best man. I'm back. I'm here. Dutch, Rick. I missed you guys. I missed you guys. I was busy Don't doing. Lie. You were about five beers deep in by the last by the uh, by the time we hit. The oh hour. yeah. No, at this time, at this time last week, um, yeah, no, I probably, I, I probably did go out, but um, I was out <laughs> rehearsal dinner just before this. But yeah, uh, gotcha. how was yeah. how was the wedding? The wedding was good. It was nice. Good. I, 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 I had all the responsibilities of the best man, and I was only promoted like late into the into the mm. whole thing. But I got promoted. That's all that matters. Yeah, very good. Yes. Very good. And, and, and the wedding went well. The the groom and the bride were very happy with how everything went down. Reception was excellent. 
I had a, I had a tremendous speech, and of course they are on a nice honeymoon in New York City. So that's always. Oh well, there you go. You can go meet up with. What them did you? After this. What did you say in your speech? Did you wish them success and happiness and all that? All okay. that good stuff, and I talked about how he uh, he only committed to me about an hour ago, so I only had an hour to prepare for my speech. Well, I bet it was better than whatever the normal guy was going to come up with. So there you go. And look at you. Last minute booking change and SP3 comes through with the big dub. Uh, Feel free to get your comments in, your questions in, whether they are surrounding uh, SmackDown tonight, which was taped last week, or Crown Jewel tomorrow. If you got any questions for Dutch, get those in. Send your Super Chats in. That's the only way to guarantee uh, that you will get your comment read on the air. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves in the chat as well. Just keep it clean. Keep it respectful. That is all we ask. Uh, Dutch, I'd be remiss before we dive into SmackDown tonight. Last week, we talked about Ric Flair making his AEW debut. This week, we get the big announcement that he has signed a multi-year deal with AEW, a two-year contract, reportedly. Uh, So he's going to be sticking around well beyond Sting's retirement match in March. And in one of his interviews that he did, he did like three or four of them, uh, he says that... uh, Doc, his doctor has cleared him to take bumps in the ring, and he also wants to do a promo battle with MJF, saying that it, it will it will pop a rating. Um, all I will say is, this is why people don't trust doctors. And secondly, uh, Dutch, your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> he said he's been cleared to have a match. Please, Rick. No, not please a match. Please don't have a match. Take bumps. Just take those. Okay. Anyway, that leads to a match. I know where it's leading. Please don't do it. All EW now is looking like instead of all elite, all elderly wrestling. Really? I think a guy should have wrestlers should have a cutoff age to where they can't get back in the ring anymore. Basically you talk about making it look phony what other 65-year-old man can get in the ring and do that without it being real? Oh, yeah, they can wall around and take some bumps. But I don't think anybody much wants to see that. He popped a pay-per-view crowd in Nashville, and a lot of people tuned in. And I thought he was going to die, to tell you the truth. But he, he got it in and then bragged on $300,000. I don't say he earned it. I think he stole that money because I don't even know what the people I get. I don't know what they tuned in for. Maybe they just huge Ric Flair fans, but they're going to pay him. But the reason I think he got hired is he, he has a, an advertising uh, deal that comes with him. Uh, energy drink. I think that's what happened, but if he gets in the ring, I don't think I could, I don't think the fans will stand for it. Oh, they can, but I don't oh, think no, it'll help them yeah, that much. No, they don't care. They'll 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 cheer for Rick if he's out there with a walker and you know can't even do his his, his normal stick. But you said sixty five Dutch. That was a decade ago. This man's seventy four. Right. And I I don't get it. I don't. I do not understand it. So he's got this Rick man moves worse than Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd like I mean, to see them get in, the ring. in some kind of a tussle. That'd be nothing. 
if they could get Joe Biden to step in there with flair and I mean, I don't think Biden could even see him the way, you know, he, when he does an interview, his eyes are like this. He's squinted up. Joe couldn't don't, find st his, don't start me on that, Rick, please. Joe but couldn't I find don't his think... way to the ring, and Rick can't get into the ring. All right? So, like, it, it would be, like, the worst booking decision you could possibly make. SP3, I am interested to hear your thoughts uh, on this because, like, there's a lot of baggage that comes with Rick Flair, just like there's a lot of baggage with a guy like a Hulk Hogan, which – he has a, a permanent ban from AEW, according to Tony Khan, yet Ric Flair is in it. No, this, no, this is he, he, he's, he's, Hogan is, Hogan is coming too. <laughs> he might at this rate. You hear uh, that? As... <clears throat> but didn't, didn't Tony ban him and his wife forever? Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. That yeah. The thing that happened. That's the thing that happened. Um, the, okay. uh, this, all elderly wrestling, it's it, it can be viewed as a joke, but it's not a good thing for perception. And I think <laughs> this whole image and perception thing for AEW, I don't think they're paying much attention to it with the moves they've been doing as of late. I'm totally fine with signing Adam Copeland. I think Adam Copeland adds a lot to the company, and I think that the whole program with him and Christian Cage has been very entertaining, very intriguing. But Ric Flair... It's like, it's like, it's like we went, we went like, we just kept like falling down a pair of steps. We went from, oh yeah, it's Ric Flair to, oh yeah, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. Then it was, then it was, all right, he's just here for a one-off. Then it's when he's in the promo <laughs> and he's talking and he's like, I'm going to be with you for the whole ride. It's like, it's like, yeah, of course you can do a sting program and celebrate stings career without Ric Flair trying to steal the spotlight. So you have to have Ric Flair there. Uh, so you, then you went from one off to, okay, he's going to be here for a couple of months until sting retired to, to a multi-year deal. Two years. What? And he's already got MJF's name in his mouth. Like, what are we doing? Multi-year. Well, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't. <clears throat> what did uh, that? Yeah, let uh, me ask you something, guys. They had, they had, they had a show in Louisville. Did you see any pictures of that house? That crowd they drew. They drew uh, about no I didn't. three 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 thousand people there. I heard in a twenty-two thousand seat arena. Hmm. Yeah, uh, part of the problem. Am I delayed? Uh, Am I delayed, guys? Yeah, a little bit. Yes, you are. Um, maybe try popping out and popping back in if you if you hear me here. But again, I this oh, is something that he wants you to see. She said he he wants me to he, he wants me to go. Uh, there you go. Ah, uh, hopefully he comes back. But SP three, this is something you and I have talked about ad nauseum. Um, and I was talking with somebody about these last few shows that they've had in in our area and by the way uh, our area meaning cincinnati louisville lexington none of those shows did very well part of the reason why no one knew they were happening sp3 i don't i don't know about louisville or lexington but i can speak specifically to cincinnati even the aew diehards that i know in the greater Cincinnati area had no clue that AEW was coming to town until they saw the trucks in Cincinnati. And by that pot time, it's, it, you know, 
people got to find babysitters and people got to get off work. And it, it like nowadays people have to set up plans weeks and months in advance, which is why you don't start selling tickets two weeks before the show starts. Not one radio ad, not one television ad. Like Renee Paquette did one interview with Local 12. John Moxley did one interview with me. And that was literally it as far as the advertising. No one knew that show was going on. So Dutch, I think that is part of the problem. They need to get back to local advertising. They did not do that for the Cincinnati show. And Cincinnati show did like 2,000 people. They were like... I got two emails that day. I didn't go to the show because it was my anniversary. I got two emails that day saying, hey, there's there's free tickets available. They were just trying to give them away. Nobody knew they were in town. Even the AEW diehards did not know they were in town because they weren't advertising it. They didn't do TV. They didn't do radio. No ads. I didn't see any. What? Nobody knew they were in town until the what trucks were, were in think? town. What were they thinking? What were I they thinking? Know. I don't know. They didn't know local one guy advertising for that show. And one guy emailed me said he heard they was in town the day before. Like he heard on Tuesday. They're here third Wednesday. He said I hadn't heard one thing about it. You gotta tell people you're in town. Case in point, WWE in the same arena that the, that AEW did two thousand for the Cincinnati Dynamite. AEW or WWE did a house show on a Saturday night. Two months before, they were running ads like crazy on our station specifically. I work for iHeart, the iHeart cluster in Cincinnati. On our station specifically, they were running ads every single commercial break almost. They did 8,500 people for a house show on a Saturday night. So you well, can't sit here and tell me that Cincinnati doesn't give a fuck about pro wrestling when you have 8,500 people who are showing up for a WWE house show and you can only draw 2,000 for an AEW Dynamite, like, that's your Monday Night Raw. Like, you should be getting way more than that, and they got to shoulder some of the blame, and they got to get back to the local advertising angle of it. That's just my opinion. Anyway. My well, they got to do something. I think there's trouble there in Fairyland with the AEW. There's something going on there that's not being let out. I mean, they're not as no, hot as is, they were. It is, it is. Being you know, they will. It's been, there's been reports this week of uh, Dame Meltzer talking about how someone, uh, some of the talent is saying that creative is getting a lot slower, that it's becoming like the old WWE. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how this perception and image is, isn't, isn't been helping. And this hasn't been a good week for them because they had a blunder on Dynamite with a Tony Khan has an important announcement. Announcement and all he announces is a ticket sales for all in in a month. I was just like, yo, that is that is like, okay, we hit the Dixie level. We hit Dixie. We hit we yo. hit the Dixie Carter. You remember, Dutch? You worked there. The Dixie Carter has an announcement. Oh, yeah, I remember. We hit we hit we hit that level. We hit that level of this has not important enough to even make it an announce. Like you you come out and just say it. You don't even make it an you don't advertise that as an announcement, and then you follow that up the very next day with signing Ric Flair. There is no reason. Like I don't care what is <laughs> what what value does Ric Flair give us? Like you did? Did you see like zero? The crowd, the crowd on Dynamite when he came out, like we're like oh, and then they were like oh, they were like it was like sub. It was kind of like a an, a a double reaction of like. Oh, Ric Flair is here. Oh, yeah, Ric Flair is here. 
And then you followed that up with the ratings not being that great. It wasn't like a big jump because he was a surprise anyway. We'll see how he does when he comes back. But you should have waited till then to see if this was any value that it brought any type of ratings, any type of eyes. As far as selling tickets, I guess he's going to be like an ambassador for them, which could be nice. I don't know. It worked for WWE back when he retired, but I don't know. It's just, I it's mean, just uh, a, unless, a bad decision but, but, because you have stood on this moral ground. You came in as this like beacon of light in 2019 as this like progressive company, yep. it felt like. And you, you've you always started on this moral ground. You're just putting out tweets a couple of weeks ago talking about Vince McMahon in his past. And then you hire Ric Flair. I'm sorry. Pop me the kettle. <laughs> like, so the only thing that I can think of, is this just another chessboard movement here to try to bring Charlotte Flair over to AEW? Like, that's all I can think. Like her husband's there now, her dad's there. I don't know when her WWE contract is up, but is this just Tony Khan trying to play a long game to pull Charlotte Flair over to AEW? That's the only thing that makes sense to me. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. If he pulls uh, the girl Charlotte Flair over, he's going to be in the same boat. She's not going to bring anybody. I don't think. Do you, Sid? Uh, I mean, as far as like women's wrestling, if if getting Charlotte Flair means you're going to pay attention more to women's wrestling, I think that they are just missing out on a very, I don't think they realize how valuable the fan base is when you actually value and put a focus on women's wrestling. And I think they're missing out on that. I think that if they showed a renewed focus over there, like what WWE has done since Vince McMahon got set down in the corner by uh, Ari Emanuel, I think that they they would see that some fans would be like, okay, let me check it out again. Let me see what's going on. I like these girls, but I don't never pay attention to them. You give them five minute, five minute, ten minute matches, and then the the best thing that, the best thing that people like gravitated towards AEW wise this week was that that like ninety second Doja Cat video thing that AEW put out you know, surrounding the women and everybody's like, Oh, Tony Khan's announcement is going to have something to do with the women are getting their own show or they're getting their own pay-per-view or this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, no, here it's a ticket sale announcement, which was the equivalent of the office staff meeting. That could have been an email. And then you hire Ric Flair the next day. Yeah, no, it's not been a good week uh, for AEW, but that Doja Cat video thing was Really well done. I don't think I don't they're, know what oh, they're just completely out of control over there. I I just I think part of it is Tony Khan loves the past. Wait a minute, let me do. Let me do. <laughs> Tony Khan loves the past too much for his own good. Sometimes he's a fan with a big checkbook, and that's that's fine. We all get into pro wrestling because we're fans of it. That's fine. It's just there's a certain time where you don't. Where you need to stop being a fan. Let's start off with the top of the show here, guys. L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns kick off Friday night. You could, down you tonight. could, you could bring back, you could bring back every star. You could bring back every star in the last ten years, but your Booker has to know how to handle them, and that's where they're in disarray. They don't know how to handle it. I mean, you could do it, but you got to book it first. So I'm I'm still on. I think you're on a bit of a delay again there, Dutch. Uh, you're having some internet problems. Why I'm still on delay for some reason. 
Yep, we know. Drop back out and come back in. We'll we'll start we'll start on SmackDown here. All right, SP three. We got LA Knight. Uh, yeah, please start it. Hopefully, finish it. All right, drop out, Dutch. <laughs> come back in. I mean, maybe if oh, I get from the studio, it'll come back in now. All right, hopefully. Okay. Anyway, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see. All right, here, SP3. Let's start off at the top of the show. LA Knight, Roman Reigns kicking things off. We get LA Knight. He comes down first, talks about how this is, uh, make no mistake about it, this is a hostile takeover. LA Knight and this this meteoric rise that he's on, It is he's going to take over everything and, and take everything away from Roman Reigns. Before he gets interrupted this week by Roman Reigns, a payback from last week when L.A. Knight refused to acknowledge the Tribal Chief and his entrance, Roman then gets in and basically asks L.A. Knight what he has done other than playing a redneck cosplay version of his cousin, which was a just absolutely savage line as Dutch Mantel joins us. Are we on Are we on pace here, Dutch? Is my mouth moving? Well, I... Can can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. There's still a yeah. delay. No, I can't hear you. Okay, I'll just sit here and make I'll just sit here and make faces. How about that? <laughs> it might be a little uh, late delayed, but I'll I'll make them so there you go. I got you. We'll we'll we will make do. The the people want to hear what Dutch has to say. But uh Roman Reigns calls LA Knight a uh redneck cosplay version of his cousin. Says he's going to leave this man buried in the desert, SP3. L.A. Knight comes back and says, you better not miss. The only bloodline that Roman's going to be visible is the one running down between his eyes. I thought that was a really, really great line. Um, this was a fantastic promo exchange. This Every single time that L.A. Knight comes out there, he just looks more and more like he belongs in this scene in this main event scene there is no square peg round hole situation here he comes out he is a megastar through and through he is believable he is a believable challenger for roman reigns he has passed every test up into this point sp3 now comes tomorrow afternoon crown jewel what i presume will be the main event usually is when roman's involved we know roman reigns is winning this match la i would be stunned shocked if LA Knight walks away with the WWE championship. Interesting. He kept calling it WWE championship tonight, uh, but I might, but the last two weeks. Yeah. They've been, yeah. I think slowly, but surely they're dropping universal from that. But so we know he's losing, but how he loses this match is the most important part of this. Yeah. I mean, that is important, but I think that's that's the reason we're going to get the regular Roman Reigns interference, and that's how you protect L.A. Knight. It's going to be shenanigans is the reason why L.A. Knight does not get the job done tomorrow night, and I think that it, it probably will parlay into L.A. Knight maybe being involved in the war games at Survivor Series because I think that the bloodline will be involved in that in some fashion. So you could parlay that into the rest of the year for LA night being involved in the top program on SmackDown. But I loved, I thought the, the highlight of the whole show was this opening segment. I thought that LA night, uh, you know, stood up to, to yes. Roman Reigns and was at his level on the mic, but Roman Reigns, I mean, 
to be at his level, you have to be at the top level because he might be the best promo guy in WWE because that this is the smoothness of that line. Of, you're just a redneck version of my cousin. Just and then he just kept going, and it was just like, oh my god, you've already you've already he's already done. He's already leave him alone. <laughs> like the subtlety of that line, too, because like it took me a minute because I'm sitting there like what the hell are you talking about? Redneck? Are you talking about Jimmy? Or are you talking about Jet? Oh, I get it now. Oh, damn. Sick burn. <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, that took me a minute. But uh, yeah, Dutch, your thoughts on the opening uh, segment here. And then also, how how do you think WWE protects LA Knight tomorrow or protects Roman Reigns? Because we know Roman's winning, but how should he win? <clears throat> Well, I got a delay here, but I agree with you 100%. That interview was a great way to open that show. Plus, it was a great interview. And when you're looking at those guys, so let's let's put ourselves in in uh, the shoes of a non-fan. They would interest a non-fan, I would think. I was glad there was no uh, physical exchange between those two. They were just looking at each other. So now you're left with, hmm, pretty interesting. How are they going to do this? So I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. I think the shenanigans may have, I think it may have worn off. And now you're saying, oh, let's, let's don't do that again. The only one that can get in is Solo anyway. Heyman may get up and get punched off the apron, something like that. But, and I have had people tell me that Roman Reigns needs to lose. No, Roman does not need to lose because now L.A. Knight has gotten to where he wants to go. And I, I think the best bet is to keep Roman where he is right now. I have read that he wants to take time off after this one, too. Yeah, he's which leads me to believe he could drop it. But I don't I don't think he will, though. I really don't think he will. But if he's out for the rest of the year, which common sense tells you, well, let's put the put the title on somebody. But I don't I don't think LA Knight is the one to put it on. Right now, he's hot. He's really hot. But, but I think they they would burn him up quickly if he gets in that situation, is what I think. Yeah. Uh Look, again, like I said with LA Knight, everything has been a, a test. It's one test after another. Boom, boom, boom. Is this our guy? Can this can he be the guy or at least be a is he world heavyweight championship material? I think the final test is is crown jewel. Can he go out there? Can he have that great match that SP3 has been begging for uh, with Roman Reigns? Can he put on a great show and can he have that moment? And like I've been sitting here and I've been stewing and I've been thinking because SP3 and I talked about this on another channel. I do believe uh, around Tuesday or so uh, we were talking about how is LA Knight going to lose this match? And SP3 said the same thing. We're going to get the, you know, cookie cutter Roman Reigns finish where Solo gets involved or Jimmy Uso gets involved or something along those lines. I want to see something different. You can do similar, but you can do different be creative i would love to see a spot and i know sp3 roll your eyes because you know it's not going to freaking happen but that's not the exactly. point it doesn't mean i can't ask for better it doesn't mean i can't ask for better Damn it. that's not better this is different different is not always better i would love to see a situation 
where I'll have to agree with Sid. Different is not always better. Try something new because we've seen the same ending so many damn times. People are sick of that freaking ending. It's the same person, same result. It's a different person, same result every time. I would love to see a situation because this is the first world title match where Nick Aldis is the SmackDown general manager. Now, Nick Aldis comes across as a babyface general manager, but he also comes across as a guy that has, you know, He's, he's going to call things right. He's going to call things down the middle. But the exchange with Paul Heyman tonight that Nick Aldis had backstage was very, very interesting because he looked almost annoyed at the fact that he wasn't in control. He looked at Paul. Paul Heyman said, hey, can I give you some advice for tomorrow? And he looks at Paul Heyman and he says, I'm a bit annoyed that uh, you act like I have a choice in the situation, which tells me that he has no control over the bloodline or he knows that he is in the bloodline's pocket and he hates it. And there's nothing that he can do about it. I would love to have a situation like what we saw with Chris Jericho and triple H a long ass time ago, like 10, 20 years ago on an episode of Monday night raw where everybody thought Chris Jericho had won the world heavyweight championship because he got the fast count from a referee. He's running around the crowd pops. Could you imagine a situation? And it doesn't have to be exactly like this, but Jimmy Uso gets involved in the match. We think we're going to get the normal shenanigan type stuff. Jimmy Uso has the championship belt. He goes to clock LA night. He misses. He hits Roman Reigns. LA night hits a BFT. He gets the pinfall. Everybody goes freaking crazy, right? The entire arena blows its mind because they think that LA Knight has won the WWE championship, but then Nick Aldis is forced to come down there. And again, in his first world title match as the GM and say, I can't let this happen on my watch. We got to restart the match. Give me a moment like that. And then Roman can win with either the guillotine or the spear or whatever the hell you're going to do. But give me a moment. LA Knight look like a chump. He just gets beat by a spear or a guillotine. That's what I was waiting for. I was like, I was like, I get that you want this whole choke him out, choke him out. With I just want to, I just want to hear what you're gonna do. How we finish this? <laughs> if he chokes out with, if he chokes him out with the guillotine, that means LA Knight is below Roman Reigns. That means that means that without Jimmy Uso, LA Knight would have never even had that moment. Like, like, no, no, no. Like like Jericho beating beating Triple H in 2000 on that episode of Raw in April, it was that moment because it was the whole the whole build up with him with Earl Hepner in Triple H. First of mm-hmm. all, it would build up to that whole moment where he does the fast count, and it's the fact that Jericho just hits his finisher and he could have he could have won, but the referee has his whole vendetta with Triple H, and that's why it creates that whole big moment, and then it's the whole control that Triple H has over the whole company, because he's married to, to Stephanie McMahon. Sure. Like, all of that, I, I'm not I'm not seeing and having that same feeling with this whole situation you're building here. Yeah, but I, the referee and for, doesn't... And, and for Saudi Arabia, we're gonna waste that moment on Saudi Arabia? You booked the damn match? Where, I, I can't control where the venue is. All right. I just don't want to see. Oh, well, here's a super yeah, kick. And the referee, give me the ref bump. And the ref is down for 45 fucking minutes. And, you know, LA Knight's going to get two super kicks. <laughs> you just, flash. You just he's going to go for some Owen Spike. He's going to get speared. He's going to get pinned. You just booked the ref bump, Rick. You just said ref bump. Jimmy Uso comes in with the time. I was like, I was like, you're literally booking the same thing. You I, didn't say booking- the, I didn't say a ref bump. 
Then then how is Jimmy Uso coming in and him with the title? Well, how does that how does that make sense? How you he's gonna do, he's just gonna do it in front of a referee, just gonna do it all no. willy-nilly. No, you got no I rules. you can have no disqualification. You can have upwards of four people at the ring at one time. The referee can't be having his eyes on everybody. You could have Solo and Paul Heyman distracting the referee, allowing Jiminy to run in, and he misses, and he clocks Roman Reigns. Referee bomb. Referee distraction. Same difference. What happened to just pulling the guy out of the ring? I haven't seen that in a while. They used to do that all the time, and it always worked. And then you can go with all your shenanigans. you got to be careful with doing this. It's a championship match, and if people think you screw them a little bit, very, very – but I, I don't mind that spot. I really don't. But I don't know what they're going to do. That's why I'm going to watch and see. Fair enough. Uh, we uh, got our first match of the night. First match for Kevin Owens since becoming a member of Friday Night SmackDown after he punched uh, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller with one good uh, swing last week, uh, which was the best segment on last week's show. Uh, Kevin Owens gets the win. Clean as a sheet tonight with a uh, stunner. I think this is a nice filler program for him until he and Logan Paul start fighting for the United States Championship in a couple of weeks. Uh, SB3, your thoughts on this opener here? I thought uh, Austin Theory and Kevin Owens had a solid matchup. I thought they've developed good chemistry. They've had a couple of matches over on Monday Night Raw. I remember when the Austin Theory kind of semi-push when he was money. I think it was money in the bank or before he was money in the bank when he was U.S. champion. He got a victory, a couple of victories over Kevin Owens. And he showed a little bit, you know, of that good chemistry here. They had a solid matchup to kick off the show. Kevin Owens getting the win. And it seems like we're building to Grayson Waller versus Kevin Owens, which Grayson Waller was probably the highlight of this whole thing because he was great on commentary talking yeah. about how this is the worst trade he's ever seen. That was very good. That was very good. Thoughts, your thoughts on this matchup here? Good match. And I think they have a lot of more, I mean, fresh ideas with these guys and Kevin Owens because you know, when you get something new, you can do something new with it. I think these guys have chemistry. I think they can do something with this. I really do. Well, we will see where things progress uh, with these guys moving forward. <laughs> we get backstage. I'm trying to pick things up here a little bit because we're already a half hour into the show. Uh, we get backstage and we got the Street Profits and Lashley uh, chatting it up with Logan Paul. Uh, interesting little moment here, SP3, as uh, BFAB comes up and asks, uh, Hey, I want, I want to talk to, I want to talk to Bobby Lashley. Can you give me a moment of your time? And Lashley's like, Cool, let's go talk. We haven't seen her outside of what, like maybe one backstage thing since uh, Top Dollar was released from the company. Obviously, Hit Row is no longer a, a thing, as far as we know. I mean, we've we've had people talk about, oh, they should add Bianca to this group. Uh, clearly, she's got other directions that she's going right now. Could they add BFAB to this? Is there is there something here that intrigues you? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I think adding a female to the group has added a lot to different, uh, you know, 
tag teams or groups in WWE over the last two years. And I think that it would add a lot to whatever this faction is going to be called. Just call them street business. It's right there. I'm giving it to you. Just call them street business. Jesus. I don't know why we got to keep calling them Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. This is this annoys me about WWE. I like it. When they have tag teams or people together for a long time and they never want to give them a name, I'm like, just give them a name. It's really simple. Street business. I could come up with a bunch of them. Just Jesus. Ah, I like uniform uniformity. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, I think BFAB, it would be a nice addition. Uh, and I like she it. can work under them, be a ballet, and then potentially start working in the ring. Yeah, just give her a chance. Give her something to do. She really didn't do much with hit row other than you know dance down to the ring while they got beaten 45 seconds or less every single week that they were on television so i'm up for it dutch uh what do you think <laughs> just spitting facts i like it no when they if they add the girl if they add her now that gives them another leg and an arm to go they, they can go with that am i still delayed yeah, you are. It's fine. Go ahead. Talk. No, I can't. <laughs> the dude just said, I'm out. <laughs> Dang. This is the uh, most technical difficulties we've had in, uh, in, in quite some time. So a little bit. Yeah. yeah it's was, been a hot he minute. Was, he, was, he was fine because we, we started early. He was fine when we were like before we went live. I don't know. Can't, I can't say. Let's move on to the women's tag team match that we saw tonight. Life, death, taxes, and Charlotte Flair going over on the women's tag team champs. Uh, Chelsea and Piper versus Shotzi and Charlotte. This is a match that was set up last week on SmackDown Lowdown, which I honestly forgot was even a thing uh, at this point. Uh, but they yeah. set up this match. They at least used it you know, to, to give us a storyline angle here. Uh, Chelsea and Piper, who I love as a team who have been winning tag team matches, even though Chelsea has been losing singles matches. So th this women's tag team title reign is, is annoying me because when, when, when Chelsea and Sonia, if you remember now, granted, we got to go back and, and realize that Vince was in charge. Things were you know, constantly changing this and the other thing. But when, when Sonia and Chelsea first won the tag team titles, they Blitzkrieg, the entire women's tag team division. Like, they won the gauntlet match. Like, they beat everybody and then won the tag team titles. And now Chelsea is, like, back to comedy. I lose the matches, and then Piper goes out, and she wins the matches. And it's like they're they're extremely, extremely beatable. And you have, an you have a division. Like, you actually have tag teams in Caden and Katana and Isla and Alba, who we saw watching the tag team match tonight. So at least they're on television. That's good. Setting something up. They just won over a tag team on NXT on Tuesday. And then we're going to come out here and we're just going to insert Charlotte with Shotzi, which I guess they kind of have had a relationship over the last couple of weeks. They've at least been involved with another. But yeah. this, like the second that Charlotte gets tagged into this match, she just decimates them. Like she bulldozed both Chelsea and Piper and the match was over done. Like what are we doing here? SP three. I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with Charlotte right now. I don't know what they're doing with the women's tag team champs right now. Um, This is one of those decisions were made uh, <laughs> results on the show. I really feels like they're booking Charlotte flair. Like, john cena in the mid 2000s like after john cena 
lost like like when John Cena first got hurt after his world his long world title reign in 2007 and then he came back in 2008 and he was feuding with like JBL and he was like on the upper 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 mid card but not really main event like yeah that's where that's where Charlotte Flair is kind of at she's at that stage and I thought about her year I was like they really spend her year putting other people over they put over Rhea at Wrestlemania she's been putting over EO Sky in this uh, current current reign that she's been having she's kind of been an outlier and kind of been running parallel with Bianca Belair because they don't want to do that matchup until Wrestlemania so uh yeah so I think that they're just trying to keep her strong Keeping her strong is her winning in this tag team matchup to set up a future tag team title matchup with her and Shotzi where they're going to lose. Yeah, where Shotzi will take the L because, yeah, you know, obviously they can't they, they can't put, you know, Piper will squash Shotzi and that, that'll be the end of the tag team match. And then maybe hopefully we can get some of the actual women's tag teams involved in the tag team title picture. Uh, Dutch, your thoughts on this? Match. Yeah, well, 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 first of all, I just want to say when you say when you were talking about, oh, they made they made Chelsea and Sonya look good. And then because they went through the whole division, they only beat like three teams and only two of them were actual teams. I just want to add that. I'm sorry. Yeah, but they were actually like winning matches convincingly. That's what I was saying. That's all I meant. That's all I meant. Go ahead, Dutch. Am I still delayed? Oh, bit. yeah. Just I can off. see you trying, trying to figure out shit. Anyway, I'm going to throw this computer in the garbage, or I'm going to call my internet company and cancel these bastards. I'm paying out to ask for this shit anyway, and it don't even work. So I'm trying to do this podcast, and you guys are looking at me like, what? What are you talking I mean, there's... As far as the, the the Charlotte Flair match, maintenance match, good match. They just kept her on TV. They tried not to do any damage, and it didn't really put her over or it didn't hurt anybody, really. It was just a match. So it ends, and that's the end of it. So no damage done. It's like a doctor. Do no harm, and they're not doing any harm to Charlotte because they got, they got plans for uh, coming up, and – this helps her in that because it's not a drawback. So I think creative come up with this on the spur of the moment. Said, yeah, I just put her over and let's go. That's it. Yeah. Cause it was a tape show. They taped this last week. They had Chelsea Piper, Charlotte and Shotzi in the, uh, in the arena. And they're like, Hey, let's just go put a tag team match on for the second show. We'll make it nice and short since Chelsea already wrestled tonight and Shotzi already wrestled tonight. And then, yeah, that was it. That was the, Decisions were made, as as SP3 would say. All I will say is I hope that the plans for Charlotte, whatever they have, is a heel turn because I don't think they know what to do with her as a baby face if she's not in the world title picture. Yeah. I Frankly, I don't know if they know what to do with her if she's a heel and she's they, not in the world title picture. They don't know what – I don't think they know what to do with her. That's why That's why when you were talking about earlier about this Ric Flair signing with AEW, this has a long play for Charlotte Flair. I think that there is some uh, – believability in that theory <laughs> oh my goodness all right let's talk about the 16 time world heavyweight champion the other one john cena uh coming down tonight go one-on-one -on -one, or at least a, a promo off with solo sokoa here all business john cena tonight Still made sure that a little kid got the towel, though. So, you know, that, that was that, that was nice of him to make sure that that happened. But John Cena was not smiling. He was not bouncing around. He was not high energy. 
I love John Cena selling the spike, by the way. Yeah. Like he got he took the Samoan spike last week. He came out there, he put those acting chops to good use. He talked with a hoarse voice tonight in the whole 90 seconds that he cut, and it was absolutely brilliant because Solo takes the mic from Paul Heyman and basically says, Hey, look, I've been told by the tribal chief to give you this microphone so you can tell the fine folks goodbye because after crown jewel, you're not going to say you're not going to be able to, it was an okay delivery. It was an okay line. Solo Sokoa is is a very business like type of guy. He's not going to come out there. And I thought his line delivery was perfect for the character that he portrays. It was fine. It wasn't meant to be over the top. And then so Asina just looks at him like, Bitch, really? <laughs> like, that's it? Is that it? That's what you came to the table with? That's what? A year? He's like, all I need is 90 seconds. You've been waiting a year and you say that? I need 90 seconds to cook you. <laughs> Calls him a bargain basement Taz ripoff. Says the only reason why he's got a job is because of his cousin. And then he tells oh, him to great. tape up that thumb real tight because it's going to go straight up his ass at crown jewel and then he was like yeah that was about 90 seconds see you bye uh this sp3 was john cena at his finest I, if you hear behind me there are sirens because john cena done murked the man he <laughs> murked that young man right in the middle of the ring and i knew it was gonna happen what's he said what's he he said that is that all you got He's like, I don't, I don't even need more than 90 seconds to cook you. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I, I heard, I heard, I heard Ether come on. I was like, oh, I heard, I heard, uh, I heard Lost Boys come on. I was like, oh man, you can hear the rap track they gonna put on it when, when the, when the creators get to a piece of this, man. He just ripped him apart, that young man, bargain basement. Taz Ripple. He did that in less than 90 seconds. That was like a 10 second line. He did it in 10 seconds with that one line. That was it. I was like, oh, you're cooked. You're done. You don't know how to respond to that, Solo. I was like, why he had to do that to you? I was like, I was like, at least, at least this was like fun and memorable and wasn't pulled down your pants uh, cooked like he did Austin Theory. This was more of like and then pat him on the head. He like slapped him across the face and then pat him on the head. That's what Cena did here. Uh, Chris Alford saying that Cena is uh, is ruthless. I I agree with SP3. This was more cheeky and fun and and playing into the character that Solo Sokoa portrays. This was not a complete evisceration of that was ruthless. What he did to Austin Theory because that cut beyond the character and into the person and basically said, "Hey, look." If, even if you beat me, it ain't going to mean shit. And look, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, as SP3 would say, because look where Austin Theory is at right now. That uh, was, that was, you never want to meet your heroes. Yeah. <laughs> before our eyes. Now, Dutch, this is another interesting uh, matchup for, for Crown Jewel. And this is something that we, we touched on a little bit last week. And it's very interesting to me in the fact that Cena's whole entire story is, do I still have it? Can I go out there? Can I put on a good performance? If he can't, is Solo at the spot where he can drag John Cena to a good performance? But after tonight, I'm I'm kind of leaning toward, if John's going to cook him like that verbally, Solo Sokoa needs to go out there and roast John Cena 
physically at Crown Jewel and give this man a Brock Lesnar level squash victory over John Cena at Crown Jewel tomorrow. That's what I want to see out of Solo Sokoa. How do you see this one going down at Crown Jewel, Dutch? Well, so you, you think Cena will beat him or should beat him? No, I think Solo should beat yes. John Cena's ass. I think Solo should win. Okay. Solo should win, hands down. Well, I'm okay with it either way. I really am. Because you got uh, that, that show in Saudi Arabia. You want to leave those fans kind of. And it doesn't hurt Solo anyway because he, he's against Cena. He can beat the shit out of Cena. And Cena just all of a sudden grab it for a quick one and one, two, three, and, and he's gone. It doesn't hurt him at all. So, and they're going to, and Solo would get his heat back when he helps Roman out. In, in the future. So it's, I'm okay with either way with it. Uh, just, I, I just want them to have a great match, which I think they will. I think they will really have a good match because I think the fans in Saudi Arabia will, they'll respond to this match. I think, I think that, uh, that Solo Sokoa kind of has to win. <laughs> he kind of has to win after. Yeah, I kind of do feel like that. He has to yeah. win after after that roast that that Cena did. I was kind of up and down, and I thought this was more of like a, a toss up type of one because they did have the story with Cena not winning in the past five years, it being Saudi Arabia. But I think that the more interesting result is also Solo Sokoa winning for the Triple whole H. story of give, John Cena. Give me the finish. The whole the whole story of John Cena moving forward, I think it, it's going to be you if you want to kind of write Cena off for now, you have him lose. And it's like, does he even come back? Is this like his retirement because he can't win anymore? Is he like questioning himself that much that he's like going to walk away and you can you can build it up until he, he comes back and then you have the story of him looking for that that elusive win again so i think that is very is much more interesting for the story that they're telling that cena loses here i have a feeling john's gonna win because this is where jimmy uso comes down to try to help out even though he doesn't need any help because kind of like what dutch says solo can whoop john cena's ass and then for whatever reason, Jimmy Uso, just because he's been portraying this idiot and he wants to help out the bloodline and prove himself, he can come down there, allow John Cena to get the necessary time that he needs because Solo will develop dumb babyface syndrome, even though he's not a babyface. He'd be like, motherfucker, what are you doing here? Get the hell out of here. John Cena hits the five moves of doom and he, he beats Solo. I have a feeling like that's something that we're going yeah, to get. Solo look like a chump. I Man. feel like that's what we're going to get. Umaga I feel like that's, even, that's not what I'm looking That's what I feel like we're going to get. That's just what his, I'm saying. His uncle Umaga never even lost to Cena like that. Cena needed a roll up and had to yoke this man up with a whole rope. Like, y'all want him to take the five moves of doom and that's how he loses? Like I feel like that's what we're going to get. You're, and Rick Uchino, you're booking two finishes where Jimmy Uso looks like the biggest doofus in the damn world. He's not going to look like a big doofus. How many, how many how many matches is Jimmy Uso going to be looking like the idiot? One of the two. <laughs> at the bloodlines involved. Uh, there's a difference here, SP3. This is what I think WWE is going to do. I want Solo to just beat the shit out of John Cena and take him out of the picture for the next few weeks. That's what I think is WWE is going to do is they're going to have. I, I, th I thought I thought we were supposed to be acting for better, Rick. 
I thought we were supposed to be asking for better. I am asking for better. Doesn't mean I have to expect it. Uh, we got a good old-fashioned Donnie <laughs> Brook match tonight. Oh, Rolling God. Rolling Ruth versus Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly. Lengthy match. We had two lengthy matches in the second hour tonight. Uh, Elton ends up going through a table. Butch hits Kit with a brogue kick. But since he ain't Sheamus, the match ain't over. Kit kicks out. Butch ends up getting a bottle smashed over his head and then slammed through a table. Pretty deadly get the win here tonight. Uh, what did you guys think of this one, Dutch? I was bored. I mean, I, I, I said coming on. I'm about tired of this matchup already. So I don't know. It was a, it was an okay match, but I don't know where they're going with pretty deadly. I don't even, I, I don't know. It's they're, they're out in the, the ether sphere somewhere and I don't understand it, but it was a, it was a long, it was a maintenance match. I understand that, but it was to me, that was a match you get up and you go to the refrigerator and you get something to eat or, something to drink and however they end it just please end it i don't care just walk out of the ring for all i care i mean i enjoy this how I match. about it i enjoyed this match a little bit better than than you guys did but i i understand the fatigue sp3 because these are two teams that have worked with each other for a while now yeah they they've worked with each other since pretty deadly got called up to the main roster in april I don't I think that I think that a lot of wrestling fans their perception of time doesn't really correlate until until people start mentioning that the fact that pretty deadly been basically feuding with the problem brutes since like what April May yeah it's been a while of this so I'm thankful that this felt like the blow off to everything and that's why they got so much time and it was a good matchup uh in the end of it I did I did enjoy it other than a couple of like clunky spots where stuff didn't just work out and uh the the brawling could be uh something left to be desired but overall I thought it was a pretty good match uh I think the Smackdown tag team division desperately needs tag team titles um they they I just like Raw needs the titles off of Judgment Day because Judgment Day just keep feuding with the same people over and over and over again. I feel like there's so many tag teams in WWE right now who are just kind of in limbo. And that's when you end up having teams like the Brawling Brutes and Pretty Deadly, like, well, we need them to do something. Let's have them go out there and you know throw some throw some dudes through a table. And especially on a tape show, this is what you end up getting. I did enjoy the match tonight though. Uh, let's see here. We had our weigh-in segment tonight, gentlemen. Our weigh-in, despite there not being weight classes in WWE. Uh, Logan Paul weighed in at 213 pounds. Rey Mysterio, 175 pounds. Logan Paul ends up patting Rey Mysterio on the head. Rey slaps him in the face. RIP to the security guard who caught strays tonight. Uh, <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy was just doing his job. Just wanted to be a local talent and get squashed by somebody and get the punch in the face by Logan Paul. And then Rey Mysterio hit Logan Paul with a microphone. Dutch, uh, you were questioning why the hell they were doing a weigh-in tonight last week. What would you think about it now that you saw it? Well, that's exactly what I thought it would be. They just look at each other and they have a little bit of a pushing contest and they pull them back. It was the same thing I expected it to be. Yeah. But... Does that add the intrigue to it? Maybe a little bit. It doesn't lessen it. But I think they have a great match. At least you could. Put, they put them together doing something. But a weigh-in was 
so far out in left field. I've never seen a weigh-in. And when's the last weigh-in did you see? Uh, what Anthony, Anthony, and Cody in AEW? Yeah. Yeah. So this is why they smartly, they uh, smartly didn't, uh, didn't have this in person in yeah. in front of the crowd. They did it backstage. That's why I was like, that was the good decision. But yeah, this did not feel like anything that was kind of worthwhile. It just seemed like an excuse to do a weigh-in because it's Logan Paul. Yeah, Logan Paul boxes. Let's do a weigh-in. <laughs> really? That's what we're doing now. Useless. But I guess it worked. We're all agreeing though that uh, Logan Paul is winning the United States Championship tomorrow afternoon, right? Like hands down, like. Yes, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. He needs it. now. Is it? Is it the best he decision it. touch to put that on on Logan Paul? Oh yeah, it's the best decision because he's a new guy and he Logan Paul is kind of exciting, and he the people like him. A lot of people. He's a social uh, media influencer anyway, so I think he brings a lot to the table. That's an that's a saying that's overused, but he does. Not only bring and he he's actually good at wrestling because he's he he put his mind he wanted to learn the business and he has really really in a year or how long he's been involved he, he looks like he's been in much longer. Plus the camera he's a good talker. The camera doesn't uh, you know he's not afraid of the camera. And I think that they'll put it on him and they'll run with him. And I think they'll get a lot of mileage out of Logan Paul. T. Williams says, nah, Ray needs to retain. They're just not doing much with Ray as the United States champion right now, SP3. I, I feel like the time is right for a change. T. Williams, the, put that bottle down. The I can't believe you said that, Rick. The, the only thing that, like, concerns me about this is Logan Paul is a part-timer and Roman Reigns is a part-timer. So now are we SP three going to be putting our top two men's singles titles on dudes who are not going to be there week in and week out. That's, that's, that's concerning. I mean, maybe, but no, I think that Logan Paul will be around enough to supplement where Roman is not here. We at least have Logan Paul here. And I think they have enough over talent with the guys like LA Knight, with the guys like Judgment Day being tag team champions and being able to be over here. Uh, you got John, You if John Cena is going to stick around, who knows? I don't know what they're going to do with that in, in regards to that. That would help out a lot. But, yeah, I think they have enough talent within WWE, and they've been kind of loosey-goosey with the whole brand line, so they can throw some people on from Raw, like Cody Rhodes, over here to supplement on the weeks that Logan Paul or Roman Reigns are not going to be here. Uh, Isam Walker, uh, Paul wins, so Escobar can take it from him at Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble. That would be the... The, the idea right whether it's santos escobar or whether it's la night at wrestlemania you have a number of different people or even if they wanted to put it on ricochet um i think that's the only way that ray retains by the way is ricochet shows up at in saudi arabia to cost logan paul the match i think that's the only way that ray ends up retaining he comes out there to defend samantha's honor and cost logan paul the match and sets up their their rematch because i feel like that match is coming sooner or later 
Um, yeah, and Johnny's saying the same thing I just said. He thinks Ricochet is going to interfere. That would make. I, I just, I just think, I just think Ricochet is going to uh, get a shot at Logan Paul when he's U.S. champion. Yeah, look, there's so many different. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, and that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like there are so many different people that are lined up for Logan Paul, which is why I think it it makes the most sense because you can go to Ricochet, you can go to Santos Escobar. Yes, that makes sense. They had that stare down with Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, last week, that's obviously those two are going to be doing something. They did that for a reason as Dutch drops out again. Um, so they, there's three guys that are right there. And if LA Knight is your WrestleMania opponent, let's just say it's LA Knight and, uh, and Logan Paul for the United States championship at WrestleMania. Okay. You got four dudes. You got four programs that can stretch you to April. And then LA Knight beats Logan Paul at WrestleMania and he's the United States champion. And Hey, we're, everything's great. I, I, I think that. I think that works out really well. Uh, our main event tonight was Bianca Belair against Bailey, much like the Brutes and um, pretty deadly. These two have faced each other a lot over the last, how long has Bailey been back now? 18 months or so, uh, year plus that Bailey has been back. These two have constantly been uh, feuding with one another, but honestly, their matches are. They're reliable, man. Uh, this wasn't the best match that these two have had, but I thought that this was a a fun match. I thought the ending was really good. Belair, yeah, she she was gonna win. She was always going to win this match, but I think these two went out there. They delivered once again, and I loved the ending there. We got the the classic Triple H lower third ending tonight, where the thing popped up and it was like, oh, the show's over. No, Bianca's there's a new edge to Bianca here, SP3, because she came out and she is showing a more aggressive side it's not all about the well let me spin my hair and you know bounce up and down and it's there's more to her there's more to her now than that she is out for blood she's out for revenge she can't touch dakota because dakota's still on a no touch list so she took out bailey tonight put her through the table with the kod um sets up an interesting dynamic tomorrow of who's going to be involved in this match are we just going to get eo and bianca one-on-one may the best woman win is somebody else going to get involved with this? I feel like with Triple H, outside interference is always a possibility in every single one of these matches, which is why I've brought it up with every single one of these matches tonight. I would love to see a straight one-on-one match between Bianca and Io tomorrow with Io going over because I would hate for history to repeat itself for the third consecutive year with the Money in the Bank winner where, hey, yeah, I cashed it in on the champion and then a, a month or now several months later, at least Io's had a longer run. Oh, I drop it right back to the champion that I cashed in on. I don't want to see that happen. Um, I'd love for EO to get a good, clean win over a former champion and really kind of solidify this title reign. I don't have faith that it's going to happen, SP3. And whether you guys realize it or not, this seems to be a common theme because go back to the first money in the bank winner. Carmella cashes in on Charlotte Flair. Who did she lose the title to? Charlotte Flair um so so yeah they they've been doing this for years even longer than the last two years that that is more in people's minds they've been doing it pretty much from the beginning even like i want to say yeah charlotte yeah bailey when bailey cashed in on charlotte flair who did she lose it to charlotte flair like and and the only one the only exception to this rule is alexa bliss alexa bliss yeah who cashed it in on nia Jax, who was in a match with who Ronda Rousey, who she lost the title to. So, like, it's like that's the only exception to the rule. And it's really like a, a token exception because the person she lost it to was in the match she catches it on anyway. 
But anyway, uh, that's besides the point. I think that the right decision on this one is Eel Sky retaining. I don't think Eel's going to be champion going into WrestleMania, but I at least think she can make it to the end of the year and give herself a good reign. And maybe Bianca is going to be the one that she eventually drops the title to. I just don't think tomorrow is the right time. I think we also did get a tease here, SP3, that, you know, Bailey. Bailey made some kind of mention like, hey, well, after I take out Bianca tonight, it might have to be me and you, right? So they're, yeah. they're teasing that match has to happen at some point, whether that's the WrestleMania match or not. What I think is interesting is the other news that kind of broke this week is that Kyrie Sane is due back in WWE at some point. That's a complete wild card and a complete game changer. If they were as hot on Kyrie Sane as reports believe, I got to feel like she's going to have significant significant creative plans when she comes in eo sky versus Kyrie sane at wrestlemania for the wwe women's championship sign I, me the hell up for that I, I i don't even think they wait that long i think that if they're bringing her back tomorrow that might be the survivor series match yeah eo versus Kyrie. And then do you have Kyrie win it? Like, do you hot shot it on Kyrie? Like, I wouldn't I mean, mind that, honestly. If yeah, you're yeah, yeah, somebody, it, I'd rather it be exactly. somebody like Kyrie Sane. Exactly. And then Kyrie can drop it to Charlotte or Bianca before they have their match. Yeah, whoever. But at least and that makes a lot of sense because yeah. it, if memory serves correct, right? Wasn't Kyrie written off after an attack by Bailey? Yes. Well, it was Bailey and Sasha and yeah. Kyrie and it was Kyrie and Asuka. My God, could you imagine if we get down to a point here where we get like this triple headed dragon badass women's faction of Asuka, EO and Kyrie Sane in, in WWE? Like, I know that's like a very stereotypical thing to say is like, well, let's just put all the Japanese ladies together and they can be a faction. But I still want to see well, it. Well, Kyrie, Kyrie and uh, EO have a history of being in a faction together. So do uh, Asuka and EO. So it's not out the realm of possibility. And and uh, one of my best, one of the best things that ever happened to Lucha Underground was that uh, that triad of Mayu Iwatani, EO Sky, and uh, Kyrie Sane. And you replace Asuka with Mayu. I don't know if that's an upgrade or a downgrade or an even exchange. I think it's more of an even exchange. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, uh, but yes, I think that uh, sign me up. I'll be down for that. Put them, put them against like damage control and damage control. Get a new member. Yeah, there's the thing. Get is Selena. Selena turns on LWO after they twenty. She there's joins up with Dakota. They already do a podcast together, folks. Put them together at the. As I mean, throw Tegan Knox in there. Screw it. Like Tegan and Dakota. Yeah, Tegan. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Bailey wanted. Didn't Bailey want Tegan? Like, I wasn't think she? So. Yeah, Jesus, like we just booked the entire damn thing. We, we, there we go. Uh, Roland Curtis with a uh, super chat. We really appreciate it. Uh, was it a receipt or story? Belair uh, buried her elbow in Bailey's face and then scrubbed it with her face with her ponytail uh, during the pin. Uh, went back and Bailey elbowed Bianca in the face during the first KOD attempt. I I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I'd have to go back and, and watch the tape tonight. I think, look, I just think this was more about Belair showing her more aggressive side tonight. Like when she's pissed and she wants to be aggressive, that's when she pulls out the hair whip. And gosh darn, like they don't do that spot often for a good reason, SP3. Uh, everybody remembers the battle scar that Becky Lynch showed off after she got it at, was it SummerSlam or, or WrestleMania? I can't remember. WrestleMania. But it wasn't WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I was there for both. I just remember. SummerSlam it was 26 like, seconds. Yeah, it was, it was, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
sounds like a damn gunshot going off when they do it. And I, I love it. I do love it when they do it. But people, did you just piss yourself argue. off? People still argue that that was the right decision. <laughs> oh, it ended. It ended well. It ended well. Yeah, because Becky pushed for it. There was never going to be WWE's decision. Dummies. By the way, Dutch is not going to be uh, returning tonight. He says computer completely crapped out. So uh, well, we're done. We're done here. Yeah, we got it all in the books. SP3, what you got going on on True Heel Heat? This are you going to be doing True Heel Heat this weekend? We are. We are back. We have to be back. We took a week off. We took a week off or no, a week early. We should take a week off this week. But uh, yes, we'll be back uh, early tomorrow, ten oh five. AM Eastern time. It will be myself, Top Guy JJ, starting off the show. We'll talk about some AEW. We'll talk about all the news, especially the Ric Flair signing with AEW news and what this means for the image and perception of AEW. We'll talk in depth about that as well as what went down. And then Greg Cherry will be joining me to talk about WWE and preview uh, Crown Jewel with the final predictions before we go live with our watch along right after that with Romeo and the gang. So join us live tomorrow on the True Heat YouTube channel. So you could call it the unofficial, unaffiliated pre-show uh, for WWE Crown Jewel over on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. Uh, apparently so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to call it that. Why not? Uh, give me a follow on the Twitter machine there, guys, uh, at Rick Uchino. Follow him as well, at True Heel SP3, as it's uh, uh, laid out there on the screen for you guys. Uh, make sure to check out uh, my pinned tweet. My pinned tweet is my interview that I did with Shayna Baszler uh, ahead of her WWE World Heavyweight Championship matchup. This Friday. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that women's Fatal Five way. I think those five ladies are going to beat the holy hell. Out of, out of one another, just Rhea and Shayna, that dynamic between the two of them, two of the baddest women on the, the Raw women's roster right now. I'm looking forward to those. Then you add in the other three. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, talked with uh, with Shayna uh, about a number of topics, including the match this weekend, her match with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, and um, what she thinks. She did answer very honestly about what she thinks went wrong with that MMA style rules match and what needs to be done differently if they do another iteration down the line. So uh, that was all. That was a really, really great conversation. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Rick Uchino and uh, it's, it's all there right on my wall. Appreciate you guys. As always, we will be back next Friday. Hopefully Dutch will get his internet fixed. He'll get a new provider. He'll get a new computer. Uh, Riju will hook him up with everything that he needs to do so he can get hooked up and uh, actually, uh, you know, talk to you uh, fine folks, because we know we, SP3 and I, we're the window dressing, right? We're, we're, the, we're the garnish on the plate, and Dutch is the steak, all right? We know you guys come here for Dutch, so, you know, it's all right. But, you know, the garnish, damn it, you know, we, we have rolls, too. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.